Well, turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 1. We just started it just a couple of weeks ago. We're continuing our study of what we're calling the history of the nation of Israel, but we're really looking at the kings. We started back in 1 Samuel. We saw Samuel, who was the last judge, and then we saw Saul as the first king, David as the second king, and now we're turning to Solomon, who's going to be the, the third king. And David is still alive and as the king, and there's all kind of confusion here, and we'll talk about it. It's a time of transition because we're going to see we're moving from David, the second king, to Solomon, the third king, but things don't always go so smoothly. And we've seen that Adonijah, who is David's fourth son, uh, he has attempted to take the throne. He's gone out and had a party and named himself king. David is sick. He's in the bed. He's about to die. And Solomon is, we're not sure what Solomon's doing, but they now know that Solomon's supposed to be the king. Now, Adonijah's claiming to be the king. And so what's going to happen? What is David going to do? We talked about it for the last couple of weeks. Is David going to do what's easy? And let's just say, I'm not going to deal with this. Y'all deal with this after I die. Or is he going to stand up and do what's right? Well, this morning, we're going to see that Solomon is anointed as king, and we're going to see Adonijah's response to that. And there's a lot in there. As we look at this, let me just throw some questions out for you. What should we do when we sin? Where do we go for refuge? And what should be our focus as we live for Christ. So there's some things in there that we'll talk about as we go through. It's, a, it's not a long passage. Uh, we'll go through it fairly quickly because it's a narrative. We'll see how that things fit together. Okay, I'm going to tell on myself and my twin sister. When we were three years old, I, I have a twin sister, and we, we went, and I have an older sister who was seven years older than me, and she had this bunny. I think it must have been around Easter. We went and took her bunny and hid it. We went and hid it in a cedar chest, and so we, we opened up the chest, put it in there, and then we walked around, and, my, and she, well, she knew we got it, so she went and told my mama, and she said that the, the twins stole my rabbit, and so they came to us and said, did you get the rabbit? And of course, my twin sister and I ran, sat on top of the chest, and said, the bunny is not in this chest, and so that was what we did, and you know how that is. The moment you know you did something wrong, you try to hide it. Well, this morning, we're going to see, what is the response of Adonijah? When Adonijah finds out that Solomon has just been named king, he's got a party saying, I'm going to be the king, and all of a sudden now David names Solomon as the king. What's going to happen? And so as we look at this passage, we'll see Solomon becomes the king, and then we're going to see dealing with Adonijah. Uh, what, would, what would Solomon do with Adonijah, who has now tried to claim the kingdom, and now Solomon's going to become the king? You'd naturally think that Solomon may kill Adonijah. So what's going to happen? Well, let me give you just a brief reminder of where we are. King David is very, he's old, he's sick, he's about to die, and there's all kind of issues. And since David is real weak, Adonijah, one of his sons, has decided to become king. And he's announced himself as king, he's got people with him, and they're having a party, and he's naming himself king. Solomon is supposed to be the king. Nathan the prophet got the revelation from God that Solomon was supposed to be the king. So the prophet Nathan goes to Bathsheba, who is the mother of Solomon, she goes into King David and says, do you know what's going on? Adonijah is claiming to be king. Solomon's supposed to be the king. Then Nathan the prophet came in and said the same thing. And now we talked about this. What's David going to do? He's been a great warrior, a great leader all the way through, but what will he do here? Would he say, would he do what's easy and just say, listen, I'm old and I'm, I'm not going to deal with this. I'm going to die. Y'all deal with this. Or is he going to stand up 
and do what's right. Well, we see David's going to stand up and do what's right. And so here we are. Adonijah's got a party going on, claiming to be the king. And I put it this way. David is going to take leadership one more time. And we're going to see in this outline, and I'll give you the outline in just a second. We're going to see what happens in this passage. Solomon's going to be anointed as king. He identifies with King David, and Solomon is anointed. And then Adonijah realizes he's in trouble. Because he learns Solomon is the king. He flees to the altar. We're going to talk about what is that. And Solomon makes some decisions, and we'll see what happens. So here we are. If you look at verse 32. Now, before you get there, she had come into David and said, what are you going to do? And I love what happened. In verse 30, David ends at the the end of verse 30. David says that Solomon is going to be the king. And he says, I will indeed do so this day. He said, I will take care of this today. We admire David for even though he's very weak, he knows he's dying. In fact, it's not going to be very long before he dies. He's willing to stand up and do what's right. We know that uh, Solomon is supposed to be the next king. So what does David do? He calls in some men. Look what he does. Look at verse 32 of 1 Kings chapter 1. Then King David said, call to me Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the son of Joadiah, and they came into the king's presence. Now, I want to show you who these people are. The priest, of course... Uh, is Zadok, and the priest were the key in the relationship with God because the priest represented the people to God. The prophet, uh, that's Nathan, they represented, he represented God back to the people. So you see how that ties together. And the general was leading the army under the king. And so the king is, of course, God's representative. And so he brings in these three. If you notice, it's Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah uh, the son of Jediah. And he brings them into his presence because he's got a plan. And look what he says in verse 33. The king said to them, take with you the servants of your Lord and have my son Solomon ride on my own mule and bring him down to Gihon. And so he says, put Solomon on my mule and then take him down to Gihon. Now the mule, when, the mule belonged to the king and nobody was supposed to ride the mule except the king. So when David says Solomon can ride the mule, David is saying Solomon is now the king. Solomon's the next king. He's supposed to be the right one. So they said, put him on my mule, take him down to Gihon. Now, Gihon is not just, it's about three or four miles north of Jerusalem, and there's a spring there, the Gihon Springs. They're there. Now, to help you understand this, where Adonijah is having his party is about a half a mile away, so not very far away. So David says, go, go up to there to Gihon and anoint Solomon as the next king Meanwhile, right, not, not very far away, you know Adonijah, they're going to be able to hear what's going on, and we'll see what happens as it, ha- as it goes. So he says, take with you my servants of your Lord, and have my son Solomon ride on my own mule, bring him to Gihon, and then look what he says. Let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him there as king over Israel, and blow the trumpet and say, long live King Solomon. So they're going to put him on a mule, take him up there, blow the trumpet, anoint him. He's going to take leadership with David. Before David dies, it's a co-regency. That's very unusual. Usually the king died and the next son would become the king. David says, while I'm still alive, so there's not any issues, I named Solomon king with me. He's going to be the king. Let's stop for just a minute because... They said anoint. I want you to read that again. It says, let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him. What anointing was, was you were were there, and whether you were a prophet, by the way, let me put this up just so we can think about it for a second. There were three offices in the Old Testament that were anointed. 
a prophet, that's Nathan, that's God to man, a priest, Zadok, that's man back to God, and then a king that was God's representative. In the Old Testament, three offices were anointed, but nobody had all three offices at one time. So what they would do, they'd get a person, most likely they'd, put, they'd go on their knees, and either the prophet or the priest or both would take oil and pour it over their heads, and it would come down and come all the way down on them, and it was symbolic of the Holy Spirit coming upon them to empower them to do their ministry. So prophets were anointed, priests were anointed, and kings were anointed, all three offices. But no one person had all three offices. Sometimes a prophet and a priest might be the same, but no all three. Now, they were a foreshadow. The prophet, priest, and king, the anointed ones, were a foreshadow of Jesus Christ, who is the prophet, the priest, and the king. He is called the anointed one, because anointed it comes from the, is the idea of Messiah, Messiah in the Old Testament, Christos, or Christ in the New Testament. One's Hebrew and the other's Greek. They meant the anointed one of God, the one that is set apart by God. Nobody had all three offices except Jesus Christ. He is anointed as the prophet, the priest, and the king. He's the prophet who speaks the word of God because he is the word of God. He is the priest who offered himself as the final sacrifice for sin and lives forever to make intercession. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So when the Bible talked about, and sometimes in the Old Testament it'll say, the Lord's anointed, it's usually referring to the foreshadow of Jesus Christ, the Messiah and the Savior of the world. So this office of being anointed as a king or anointed as a prophet or anointed as a priest were all foreshadows to the only one who is the prophet, the priest, and the king that is our Savior, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior of the world. So that's who he is. And this is all a foreshadow. So he says this. He says, take the servants, get him on my mule, go down there, anoint him, and let everybody say, long live the king. And so that's what they're supposed to do. And so here's what they did. Look at verse 35. Then you shall come up after, this is more, he's more giving him more information. Then you shall come up after him and, and, and he shall come and sit, watch this. He shall come and sit on my throne and be king in my place. For I have appointed him to be the ruler over Israel and Judah. Now David is not making any, he's not taking any chances. He said, not only is he going to be anointed and there's going to be great celebration, we're going to bring him back up and he's going to sit on my throne. Now that's big. That's huge. Sit on the throne. And he says, because I have appointed him to be the ruler. Because we know the real truth is that God appointed him. Nathan the prophet had already got written uh, direct revelation from God to tell David that Solomon would be the next king. Now, while all this is going on, I want you to understand that about a half a mile away, when they get to Gihon to do this, a half a mile away, Adonijah has got Joab and Abathar. Joab is a general. Abathar is a priest. He's got all these people with him, and they're eating a big meal, and they're about to announce that Adonijah is going to be the new king. So we got issues going on in this thing. And so notice it says, you shall come up, verse 35 again, he shall sit on my throne, be king in my place. I have appointed him to be the ruler over Israel and Judah. So then, he, then Benai, the son of, of Jehoiada, answered the king and said, Amen. 
And then, may the Lord, the God of my Lord, the King, say. Now, the word amen, a lot of times we, we hear the word amen all the time. We say, thank you, thank you, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. We think, a lot of people think amen means this is the end of the prayer, but it's not. Amen is a Hebrew word, which means true. And it was transliterated into Greek, amen, which means true. And then it's transliterated into English, amen, which means truth. That's why when you see, sometimes in the Bible it'll say, truly, truly, Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you. It's really amen, amen, true, true, I say to you. So when the the prophet and and when Benaiah is saying this, he's saying, amen, this is true. Thus may the Lord, the God of my Lord, the king say, as the Lord has been with my Lord, the king, so may he be with Solomon and make his throne greater than the throne of my Lord, King David. I'm thinking, you're getting carried away there, uh, Benaiah. You don't, you don't want to say in front of King David, I hope your son has a better throne than you. You want, you want to say, I hope it's as good as yours. But he's kind of getting carried away, and he's saying, boy, this is going to be the greatest thing of all. We got a new king. King Solomon's going to be there. Let me, let me tell you this. You, you got Nathan, the prophet. You got Benaiah, which is one of the mighty men who's going to be the general. You've got Zadok, the priest. If Adonijah becomes king... They all are going to be killed. Bathsheba's going to be killed. Solomon's going to be killed. That's what happens when a new king takes over. He, he gets rid of any competition. So they are very thankful that David says, no, 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 no. Solomon is the king. Make this happen. So it's powerful. Now, we're going to see the anointing of Solomon as king. We're going to see the reaction by the people in Adonijah. And as always, and this is what's amazing in the Bible, we're going to see the grace and mercy of God. I mean, it's just always there. So let's see what happens. Verse 38. So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the son of Jehadiah, the Cherethites and the Pelethites went down and had Solomon ride on the King David's mule and brought him to Gihon. Now let me tell you, Zadok, of course, is the priest. We know who he is. Nathan is the prophet who told David all the stuff. Benaiah is uh, is going to be the great general. And let me tell you, as we get a little further into 1 Kings, Benaiah is going to stand out. He is a mighty man of God. We'll see him. And then they list these two groups, the Cherethites and the Pelethites. All we know is that they were probably part of David's mighty men. They were like his bodyguards. And so all of them have come together to go down. And it says they had Solomon ride on King David's mule and brought him to Gihon. And so let me tell you, everybody's watching this. And they're watching Solomon ride on King David's mule. And look what it goes on to say. Zadok the priest then took the horn of oil from the tent and anointed Solomon. Then they all blew the trumpet. And they all the people said, long live King Solomon. Boy, this is great news. It's great news for It's great news for Bathsheba. It's great news for Solomon. It's great news for Nathan. It's great news for Zadok. It's great news for Benaiah. It's not that great a news for Adonijah. Okay? So here's what's going to happen. He's taken. Solomon has been anointed, and he's riding on King David's mule, and that's the property of the king. And we're going to see in a minute he's going to come back, and he's going to sit on the throne. And so this is powerful. And all the people, and notice it said, they blew the trumpet, and all the people said, it wasn't just a few people that went down there. They gathered the people together, and they said, Solomon is about to be anointed as the new king of Israel. And all these people started coming, and there's going to be a, a big celebration, and they're going to anoint him. And they've gone to Gihon to do that, and then it's a, it's a big, big, big thing. And so all the people are rejoicing. Look at verse 40. All the people went up after him, and the people were playing on flutes and rejoicing with great joy. Now watch this. So that the earth shook 
at their noise. I mean, it is like, you know, I went to the football game yesterday. I hope you all did too. That was a lot of fun. It's always good to beat them. But anyway, uh, there was the, some people said that they had never heard the crowd that loud. That was the loudest ever. I mean, think about it. So we'd say, wow, think about all those people cheering and hollering. And they went, well, think about what it's going to be like that all these people are cheering. It says they, they rejoice with great joy that the earth shook at their noise. It was loud. Can you imagine about a half a mile away, here's Adonijah, and here's Joab, and here's Abathar, and others, and they're all eating and having a great time and saying, you know, I'm kind of the new king, and then they they hear all this noise, and they're going, what's all that cheering about? What's going on? And, and, and you know, we're going we're gonna to find out here in just a second of what happened. So all the people went up after him, and the people were playing on flutes and rejoicing with great joy, and the earth shook. And, and so it's, it's great. Well... Adonijah is having his party when all this happens. You know, sometimes you feel sorry for somebody. I mean, do you? I mean, sometimes somebody kind of messes up and you look at them and you say, oh, you're just kind of in the wrong place at the wrong time. I don't really feel sorry for Adonijah at all. I don't know about you, but he knew better. He's going contrary to the scripture. The word of God from Nathan the prophet already said that Solomon would be the king. They already knew it. Adonijah is openly in rebellion against God and his word. So I don't feel sorry for him at all when the word comes to him. So look at, uh, look at uh, verse 41. Then Adonijah and all the guests who were with him heard it as they finished eating. And when Joab heard the sound of the trumpet, they'd been blowing the trumpets and everything, he said, why is the city making such an uproar? And so Joab is saying, What's this? why is the sound of the trumpet? I mean, we're the ones fixing to be king. I mean, we're, he's going to announce it. We're going to, you know, clap and cheer and everything. And th- I mean, he's the new king. What's the noise over there? Why is there noise over there? And if you remember, they're already shouting in verse 39. They're already shouting, long live King Solomon. So the word is out. And so the report comes. So look what happens. I like this. It says, uh, while he was still speaking, behold, Jonathan, the son of Abathar, this is the priest Abathar, this is his son coming up. And Adonijah said, oh, come in. You're a valiant man and you bring good news. You remember back in those days, here he's coming here, Jonathan, uh, the son of Abathar, the priest is coming with a message. Remember in those days that they'd say, if you're a good man, you're going to bring a good message. If you're a bad man, you're going to bring a bad message. So Adonijah sees Jonathan come in and he says, oh, he's a good man. I'm sure he's got a good message. It is not a good message. The message is David has made Solomon the king. You ever been in the wrong place at the wrong time? You know, usually if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, you get into trouble. I mean, think about it. And, and this is fixing to happen to them. So while he was speaking, Jonathan, the son of Abathar, the priest came. And then John, Adonijah said, come in, for you are a valiant man and you'll bring good news. But no. But Jonathan replied to Adonijah, no. Our Lord King David has made Solomon the king. David has made Solomon the king. Now, Adonijah thought he could get away with this. Adonijah thought David was too sick to do anything. He thought that if he named himself king, that he would have enough people with him and nobody would care and they would just forget about Solomon and he would end up killing them all because he's going to be the new king. He thought he had it made and suddenly they say, Our Lord... Our Lord King David has made Solomon the king. Wow. David has taken leadership. I, that, that, you know, I love, I love David's life. And I, I mean, I hope someday, 
in the kingdom, I'd love to get to see him, just to talk to him. Because from a young boy, he was a warrior, a fighter, a leader. He, he killed his ten thousands. He was a great man. He wrote songs. He did all kind of things. He messed up, but who doesn't? Everybody messes up. He was great as a young boy. He ends up ending well by doing what is right, by making the right decision, by saying, Solomon is going to be the king. We're going to take care of it this day. And they did. And so while he was still speaking, Jonathan came in and he said, no, 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 our Lord, the King David has made Solomon the king. And then he gives a little bit more information. The king has also sent with him Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, the Cherethites and the Pelethites, and they have made him ride on the king's mule. And see, that is extra bad news because he says he's made Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah is a leader. And by the way, Joab says, oh no, Benaiah is going to take my place. And Abathar says, oh no, Zadok is going to take my place. They're left out because they're in rebellion against God. You know, when you're in rebellion against God, he's not going to use you. When you're not in fellowship with God, he can't use you. He wants to use you for his glory. And when we're in fellowship with him and we say, Lord, I want my life to count for you and to serve you, he'll use you. But if you're in rebellion, he's not. And so we see that here, here's this problem, Zadok and the priest and Nathan the prophet, they've been a name, they've been anointed, the city is rejoicing. Look what he goes on to say, Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him in Gihon and they have come up from their rejoicing so that the city is in an uproar. This is the noise which you have heard. This is not a little thing, this is a big thing. He says, listen, they all came up there and everybody's cheering and clapping for Solomon. And you can just see the people at the party with Adonijah saying, we made a mistake. We shouldn't be here. We shouldn't even be with Adonijah. We shouldn't have come with him. We should have done what was right. You know, sometimes in our lives we say, I should have done what was right. And now there are going to be consequences. Isn't that not true? Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he what? Also reap their consequences. And these guys are sitting there going, I think we're in trouble. I think, we're, I, think, I think we're in trouble. And then it gives a little bit more information. Besides Solomon, now watch this, Solomon has even taken his seat on the throne of the kingdom. Now that's, that's the clincher. He might ride the donkey or the mule, but to sit on the throne, that's only the king can sit on the throne. And he's come and he's sit on the throne. And I put that, that Solomon has taken a seat on the throne. That means he is the king. And it's really unusual because David is still alive. And so David is basically saying, I've made him king while I'm still alive. So we're, we're co-regency as long as I'm alive. But when I'm dead, he is the only king. This is it. And so what is Adonijah going to do? The servants have come. David has blessed them. Solomon is, 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 is everybody's cheering and clapping, and uh, they're saying, blessed be God who has put Solomon on the throne, and uh, uh, he, he's the one, Solomon, this is public, co-regency, Solomon's the one on the mule and the throne. He has been anointed and blessed by David. Now, I want you to notice something. Adonijah made himself king. David made Solomon king. That's the difference. David anointed and appointed Solomon to be the king. Adonijah just made himself king. Wow. What do we do when we go wrong? What are you supposed to do when you realize I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time? I'm doing the wrong thing. I'm doing something I'm not supposed to be doing. 
What should you do? Well, the Bible says, confess your sin. We as believers, when we do wrong, the moment we recognize that we have sinned, the moment that we recognize we've done wrong, we confess our sin. I want to take just, just one, one brief second to talk about confession for a second because sometimes people get confused and they think that when you sin, you should ask for forgiveness. It's okay to ask for forgiveness, but in reality, in 1 John 1, 9, he says, if we confess our sins, if is a third class if, which means maybe we will, maybe we won't. If we confess our sins, and the word confess there doesn't mean ask for forgiveness. It means to tell on yourself. It mean, it, it's actually the word that means to speak the same thing. You say the same thing God says. You say, I lied. I cheated. I, I lusted. I did this. I stole. I, whatever. We could, that's what confession is. It says, he is faithful and just to forgive us. You don't have to ask him to forgive you. You confess your sin. He's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So confession is the key. And for us, the moment, the moment we recognize that we sin, when we say, oh my, say, oh Lord, I, I lied. I, I was wrong. I know I shouldn't have lied. That moment you confess that, he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you. So he is a great God and he loves us. Now, what is Zadok going to do? I mean, what is uh, Adonijah going to do? They said, besides Solomon has even taken the throne. I mean, he, he's on it. What are we going to do? And the king's servants have come and said, may you bless the Lord, the king of Solomon. Bless him, bless him, bless him. And then, verse 48, the king also said thus, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who has granted one to sit on my throne today while my eyes see it. That's what David said. David said, this is wonderful. Wow. What's going to happen? Well, you can read, read the next verse, 49. Then all the guests of Adonijah were what? Terrified. And they arose, and each one went their own way. <laughs> they just all ran off. <laughs> what would you do? I think, I'll see y'all later. I, I, I don't think I was ever here. I wouldn't know. I was never there. Uh, you, you're lying there. But of course, I mean, they're terrified. And they, uh, what happened at Adonijah's celebration, they were terrified. They went their own way. And that's what happens sometimes. When we sin, instead of dealing with it, we go hide. We go run away. Uh, we teach uh, our class in our 2-2 class that we have on Wednesday nights. Uh, we talked about the fall of Adam and Eve. And God told them, don't do certain things. And when they did it, they went and ran away and they hid. And that's what happens. Whenever we sin, there's always shame and separation. We're ashamed of what we do, and we, and we separate. We run away. And it's true that when we sin, there's a separation. Now, let me make sure you understand something. When we trust in Jesus Christ as Savior, we're placed in Christ. That's in a relationship with Christ. It can never change. We have eternal life. It can never change. That we're also going to be in fellowship with him, and we can get out of fellowship. When we sin, we get out of fellowship. We never get out of the relationship. There's some people who say that when you sin, you lose your salvation. Nope. Your salvation is eternal life. It's forever. When you sin, you're out of fellowship. When you confess your sin, you're back into fellowship. And that's what, what we should do. The moment we realize we sin, we're out of fellowship with God. We confess our sin. We're back in fellowship. What these people have done is they've run away. Instead of dealing with it, they've run away. What is Adonijah going to do? Because all of a sudden, all his friends have just took off. And they're terrified. And that's sometimes what we do when we sin. And, and of course, the first thing we do when we sin is we confess it. And, and, and the, the idea of confession and forsaking. See, it's one thing to say, I, I did that, but I'm also planning to keep on doing it. That's, that's not really how we should do it. We confess it and seek to forsake it. That's, that's the goal. That's the plan. And so what happens? Uh, notice, this is amazing. And Adonijah was afraid of Solomon. Yeah, you know, what's he afraid of? The Solomon's going to kill him. That's what he's afraid of. 
It says, and Adonijah was afraid of Solomon, and he rose and he went and took hold of the horns of the altar. Now, there was a place that they offered sacrifices, and at this time, we're going to see it in the next couple of weeks, that, that they're still offering sacrifices at different places until they actually get the temple built. They, they don't always come to the same place, but there's a place that is an altar, and the altar was a square, and at each one of the corners of the altar, there's a horn. When it says he came and took hold of the horns of the altar, we don't know whether he means he grabbed like this or whether he just grabbed like this. We don't know. But by going there, he is, he is basically saying, protect me, protect me. He's run to the horns of the altar. And so Adonijah read, what, what, what do we know? In Exodus 21, verse 14, the horns of the altar were a place of mercy. If you did something wrong and you wanted to say you were wrong and you needed help, you could run to the altar and grab hold of it. Now, if you murdered somebody, if you murdered somebody, it didn't matter. You run to the horns of the altar and grab them, they still kill you. But if you'd done something that's not murder, you could run to the horns of the altar. So Adonijah says, I blew it. I'm in trouble. He's going to probably kill me, so I'm going to run to the altar and hold on to the altar and ask for mercy. And that's what he does. And so Adonijah was afraid of Solomon. He rose and went and took hold of the horns of the altar. Now, look at verse 51. It was told Solomon, behold, Adonijah is afraid of King Solomon. For behold, he has taken hold of the horns of the altar, saying, let King Solomon swear to me today that he will not put his servant to death with the sword. He's begging Solomon not to kill him. Don't kill me, don't kill me, don't kill me, don't kill me. That's what he's saying. What would you do if you were Solomon? I know what would happen if David was the king. David would say, pull him off of there and cut him to pieces. Now let's talk about Solomon for a second. Solomon is not a warrior. Solomon's, we're gonna, Solomon never goes to fight. David was a great fighter. Solomon's not a fighter. In fact, he's a man of peace. His name Solomon comes from Shalom, which means peace. God said, I'm going to make it peace around Solomon so he can build the tabernacle, build the temple. He's a man of peace. He's not a warrior. So Solomon is, is a wise man, and Solomon is not the kind of man that would say, just go kill them all. So what is he going to do? What will he say? And so it was told him, uh, Adonijah has fled to the altar, and he's holding on to the altar. Now, let me ask you a question. Where do we go? Where do we go for a place of refuge? Because this is a place of refuge. Think about it. We flee to the place of sacrifice. We go to the cross of Jesus Christ where he died for us. He is our refuge. We go to him for salvation. We all sin and come short of the glory of God. We owe God death. We're supposed to be separated from God. Where can we find refuge? Where can we find shelter? Where can we find help? We go to the cross of Jesus Christ. He died for us, paid for sin, and rose again. And let me tell you, I hope and pray that every one of you in this room, that you have believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life. He is your only safety. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father but by him. He is your place of refuge. He is your place of safety. It is Jesus Christ. He is our substitute. That's why I love those two verses. God so loved the world, that's us, that he gave his son to die and rise again, that whosoever anyone would believe in him, faith alone, would never perish but have everlasting life. By grace, you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works. So we come to, we come to God through Jesus Christ. He's the only way. And just like Adonijah is going to a place of, he's saying a place of mercy, we come to Jesus Christ for mercy. He is our Savior. He is our substitute. Well, watch what happens. So 
Adonijah's holding on to the altar saying, tell Solomon not to kill me. Tell Solomon not to kill me. Then Solomon said, verse 52, if he is a worthy man, not one of his hairs will fall to the ground. If wickedness is found in him, he will die. He said, if Adonijah is worthy, I'm going to let him live. I'm going to watch him. I'm going to see how he lives. I'm going to see what he does. If Adonijah is worthy, he will live. If Adonijah is wicked, he will die. And look what he says. So King Solomon sent, and they brought him down from the altar, and he came and he prostrated himself before King Solomon. He fell down in front of King Solomon, and Solomon said to him, go to your house. What Solomon is really saying is, I'm going to be watching you. I'm going to watch what you do. I'm going to watch how you live. I'm going to see if you're going to try to take this kingdom from me. I'm going to see what kind of man you really are. And I think as you see in this passage, the grace and mercy. It's the same for us. We come to Jesus Christ and God says, you're safe. You're okay. You're okay. But he does say, I'm going to be watching you. Because one day, we're going to stand before Jesus. And if we live righteously... If we live a worthy life, he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. If we don't live a worthy life, if we don't live righteously and godly, we're not going to get rewards. So powerful, powerful stuff. Well, and that's what I put here. One day we'll be accountable to God. We'll stand before him for rewards. Now, we're not through because David has got one last thing he's going to do. He's going to give his final charge to Solomon. And if you've never studied this, we're going to see it next week. If you've never seen this, you might be surprised. He talks about three things. He says his relationship to his own self, his relationship to God, and his relationship to others. What kind of man? What is Solomon going to be like? What does David tell him to do? You know, David is a warrior and Solomon is not. What, what would you tell your son, who's now the new king? What's he going to be? Let me give you some applications real quickly. Let, first of all, let's deal with sin. When Adonijah and them realized they were in trouble, they fled. Well, what we should do is, is turn to God. Jesus Christ is our only place of refuge. And think of this, for eternal life, he's the only one we can come to. By faith in him, we have eternal life and we're saved and saved forever. We're saved from sin. And then in the Christian life, when we, when we sin, we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. So we always come to him. He is our place. That's how we deal with sin and it's Jesus Christ, not only for eternal life, but for Christian life. The second application, let's realize that Jesus is the anointed one of God. Think about who he is. Jesus is the great prophet who speaks the word of God and is the word of God. Jesus is the great priest who offered himself as the final sacrifice for sin and lives forever to make intercession for us. He's the great king. He is the son of David, the greater son of David, who is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You might want to do a study sometime on the anointed one of God, on the Messiah, on the anointed one as the prophet, priest, and king. There's so much there. You could do a whole lifetime of study just on those three offices and how Jesus Christ is our prophet, is our priest, and is our king. It's so amazing. The last one is this. Just let's deal wisely with others. I think Solomon, you're going to see that Solomon acts very wise here. He basically, instead of just killing Adonijah right off, he says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a break. I'm going to give you a chance. You went to the horns of, of the altar uh, for refuge. I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to look at you, but I'm going to look at you, and it's according to how you live. You live, you live worthy? I'll let you live, but you have wickedness? I'll kill you. That's what he's going to say. And uh, you know, usually when a new king cooked over, they killed all the other ones anyway, but... 
Solomon is not that way. Remember, he's not a warrior. We'll see what happens.